Deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do. Kristen Tyler of Law Clerk Talks Outsourcing. I'm Lawrence Cleddy, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hi, Kristen. How are you, the crew, and Sharky doing in Las Vegas land? We're doing great, Lawrence. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Always good to talk with friends. And so uh, let me give the little disclaimer here real quick uh, there, Kristen. Kristen and Law Clerk are sponsors of ours and also good friends. And so I just wanted to bring that up for the listener, you know, in case they're uh, wondering what's going on in the show, uh, discover that you all are a sponsor later. So that's what we do to try to be honest. Big fans of transparency. Good for you. There you go. And also, if you guys are ever looking for a really good example of how to run social media accounts, you should definitely check in with Law Clerk and Kristen. They just bag that every single time. So you guys have really great Facebook, LinkedIn. You do it appropriately, Twitter. But of course, my favorite is uh, Shark on the Run with Sharky on Instagram. That just cracks me up every time. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. We do. We The little shark, which if people aren't familiar, it's our little stress squeezy shaped like a shark. And we do a different color every year. We hand them out at conferences. We we have a lot of fun with our little sharkies. So if you're on Instagram, go follow at shark on the run. And uh, it's always a good time. Excellent. Yeah. He drinks wine or he or she, we don't really know. Yeah, uh, he both. or she goes to like wonderful parks and everything, having it, living it up, you know? So I, uh, I support that. Well, anyway, so Krista, for the last couple of weeks, we've been, uh, we've been covering topics on this show related to the financial condition of the legal profession, as well as reopening the economy. And so the goal is to give lawyers um, the information they need to regain footing in their practices. And so the idea here is that when demand gets back to normal, there's going to be sort of this uh, pent up demand that's going to come through and probably some new matters that didn't exist pre-COVID, uh, unfortunately, bankruptcy and, uh, you know, perhaps some evictions coming up. And so I wanted to talk about that. So the, the pent up demand versus the uh, lost demand. And so uh, right now, Kristen's looking at me on the video here. I need a haircut super bad. So I look like a tumbleweed. Probably should have had three haircuts by now. So hopefully this week, That'll be one haircut, but I probably should have gotten two additional ones. Those two are lost to the economy forever. But the legal profession is poised because it's got a lot of pent up demand. So things aren't going away. They just got delayed when the courts were closed down. There's sort of this built up unnatural glut of additional demand built into the legal profession demand for services. And it's going to start flowing here pretty soon. And the lawyers at firms of different sizes are going to they're going to be able to capitalize on this if they can expand their operations. Those that can't are going to miss it, and that'll become lost demand to them. So enter contract services, freelance attorneys, Chris, and I can think of nobody else better to talk about that than Law Clerk. You guys do this. This is kind of your bread and butter. So my opening question to you, Kristen, is can you just briefly tell us about your background in law and also what Law Clerk does? Sure. So my background in law is I've been a trust and estates lawyer my career, working with families and estates of all different sizes, including some state litigation. But along with two partners, we transitioned to our own smaller boutique firm five years ago exactly. We came up with this idea to start our own company called Law Clerk to help provide freelance legal service through freelance lawyers to other attorneys when they need that extra set of hands. And for some lawyers that they need that all the time, they've built this into their business model. And so instead of hiring associates, they're now strictly working with freelance lawyers on the regular. For other people, they tap into it from time to time when they do have that need. And so, you know, I think leading into what you were talking about earlier, lawyers that are bracing themselves for this onslaught that they think is going to happen when courts continue to open up across the country, if they're not quite sure 
how to handle a large, sudden and large volume of work. They don't want to pass on those cases because certainly if, if their phones have been quiet the past few months, they're chomping at the bit to get back to work, but at the same time nervous about taking on more than they can chew. And freelance lawyers who are doing work for you remotely are a perfect solution. Let's see if we can tempt them into trying it out. So I just want to kind of get into like how you can make money directly on this. So I want to start with that as a starting point. So I think we've all heard delegation helps you be more efficient, get more out of your law practice. But I read your uh, your uh, instruction guide to this. What I thought was an interesting approach is right now through delegation, you can make money because you're going to charge one rate and then you're going to delegate it out for a lower rate. So can you walk us through that real quick? Sure. I mean, think of it from a very basic level. Firms that have associates for years have paid the associate one salary, bill them out at a different number. You're not going to bill them out at the exact number you're paying them. And it's the same type of thought process when it comes to delegating to freelance lawyers. So the ethics rules say that an attorney is allowed to bill a freelancer's time to the client at a reasonable market rate. Okay. And if you want to go look this up, we've got a huge white paper on our website, lawclerk.legal. Scroll down to the footer, find our ethics white paper. You can go into a deep dive on this, but it's really model rule 1.5. That's going to be your key rule you want to look at. That sets the reasonableness standard. And there's some different ABA opinions too. But so whatever practice area, whichever geographic region of the country you're in, you're going to determine what is a reasonable rate to charge for that freelance lawyer's time to the client. And it's also a good practice to put language in your engagement agreement giving you authority and discretion to do that when you think it's the best way to staff that case and get the client's work done. So for example, let's say you have a new case and you need someone to draft a complaint for a divorce and maybe go ahead and prepare some discovery requests at the same time. You want to get all that work teed up. That's great written work to delegate to a freelance lawyer. Let's say you find a freelancer and you agree to pay them a flat fee of maybe $400 to do all that work. So they're going to prepare the complaint. They're going to prepare those discovery requests, get them to you. You're going to review them, finalize them, send them out the door. The freelance lawyer, even though you're going to pay them a, a, a flat fee, they're going to still track their time and give you a time card, just like they would if they worked in your office. So let's say that, you know, you paid them $400, but they come back and they report to you that they worked five hours, okay, five hours, and you determine that the reasonable market rate for their work in your market for that type of work is $150 an hour, okay? So you're going to bill five hours at $150 to your client, that's $750. You paid the freelancer $400, so you're going to net $350 into your pocket, and that's a great way for you to get more work done and still bring dollars to the firm. Well, in addition to uh, getting work done and being more efficient and being ethical and making a little money here, tell us about the cost savings. So I know there's you know, a couple options. You can do a freelance or you can bring someone on permanently. Permanent employees definitely have their advantages, but they also have additional costs. So let's talk about those first steps. We're going to use a freelancer. What do you save going to a 1099 contractor as opposed to a full-time employee? Well, you're going to save a ton of money on all of the overhead. So, you know, number one, if you're working in an office space still, you're not going to be stressed about where you're going to physically put this person. You don't have to buy them a computer. You don't have to pay their bar dues. You don't have to pay their insurance. Uh, you don't have to pay their benefits, which benefits are incredibly expensive for a full-time employee. So you're going to save all of that and instead leverage the time and talent of the freelancers to still get that work done. And like you said, you pay them on a 1099. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the cost savings. We've talked a little bit about how you can make some money on this. Let's delve into the efficiencies that come into this. And so I think this is one of the concepts that attorneys have a hard time with, especially small firms and souls. They're so used to doing everything on their own. So let's talk about how we can help their workflow. What kinds of tasks can these freelance contracted attorneys do for the attorneys that hire them? 
Sure. So I think at the end of the day, if a lawyer is committed to growing their firm, helping more clients, they're going to have to just get out of their own way and accept the fact that they can't do everything themselves in the firm. They're going to have to get some help one way or another. And so one of the ways to get help but not completely give up control is to delegate that written work. Think things like research projects, helping with discovery, any sort of written document, whether it's a demand letter, a complaint, motion practice, transactional documents, you know, contracts, leases, employment agreements, you know, that written work can be really time consuming. I talk to so many lawyers that say, I just got to find four hours this week to actually write this agreement. You know, it's hard to find those blocks of time to do the the nitty gritty in-depth legal work. And so by getting rid of those big chunks of time, so you don't have to spend time pounding out documents, you're going to have freelancers drafting those up for you, you're still going to review them. So you're not giving up that piece of control. But what you're doing is you're freeing up your time to continue to meet with new clients, rain make, go to court. You know, the client really wants you to be the person that's doing that type of work, interacting with them, interacting with the court or opposing counsel. They don't like care who on your team is drafting the document that you're ultimately going to review and finalize. So it's a great way to free up your own time to grow your firm. And at the end of the day, still do great work for your clients. You all have a guide for learning how to delegate around a list of uh, keeping mm-hmm. track of your tasks. And so can you quickly walk us through the logic that went into that? I think that's a great exercise to get those that are used to doing everything on their own out of their own headspace and start thinking about the wonderful world of delegation. He's talking about our ultimate guide to outsourcing, which is on our homepage. It's lockclerk.legal. It's at the top banner right now. So if you go to lockclerk.legal, you're going to see ultimate guide to outsourcing. This is 42 pages of amazing content written primarily by my business partner, Talitha Gray-Kozowski. So it's a quick read. A very quick read. Yeah. I mean, this is for, we know attorneys want to do their due diligence and they really want to understand things, especially when it's going to be a change to the way they work. And so this guide walks you through examples from other lawyers, how they're successfully delegating, what they're paying the freelancer and even a worksheet to help you work through delegating your first project if you've never done this before. There's going to be some lawyers out there that are thinking, well, these freelance attorneys, they're not at a firm, they're not working full-time, how good can they be? So because you do work with these contract attorneys on a day-to-day basis, tell us about the kind of talent that's out there that is ready to be hired. Well, I wish I had an hour to brag on them because the freelance lawyers are some of the most amazing lawyers I've met. I think there's a stigma about freelance lawyers that maybe they don't have quote unquote real jobs, but this really couldn't be farther than the truth. These are lawyers that have, for various reasons, whether they're a military spouse, stay-at-home parent, taking care of sick parents, or just don't want to work 100 hours a week, you know, they're very intentionally charting a different career path and they want to limit their time spent on the actual legal work. They don't want to run a firm, deal with clients, they don't want to be in the courtroom. They love to research and write and that's what they're best at. So why not collaborate with them? They're really some phenomenal freelancers out there. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kristen. For our listeners that have questions, maybe they want to learn a little bit more about possibly delegating to some freelance attorneys, how can they find you? Well, of course, you can find us at lawclerk.legal. That's the website. And we've got a blog, a ton of content. You can link to our YouTube there if you love to learn by video. We also are on all the social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and of course, Instagram, as we already hit on. So connect with us on your favorite, for sure. Excellent. And don't forget to tell us about, you have a free virtual summit coming up for everybody on June 5th. 
We do. So we know a lot of lawyers are thinking about their business right now. And so we put together our first virtual event. We're really excited. It's this Friday, June 5th. It's a half day. We've got some really cool speakers that haven't really chimed in so much to a lot of these issues, including Lawrence Coletti, who's going to give Don't you tell anybody. his Spoiler. insider tips on how to get yourself on a podcast That's to true. get more clients so that you don't want to miss Lawrence. But yeah, so it's a half day this Friday, free of charge. Thanks to our sponsors, Clio, LaPay. Get Notice, Get Found, and Time Miner. And uh, I'm really excited about it. And thanks for being a part of it, Lawrence. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. It was fun. So it took me a little while. I'm not used to being on camera. So face for radio and hopefully not a voice for print media. Stop it. You're funny. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, 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 we'll leave a link to Law Clerk's Ultimate Guide to Legal Outsourcing on our website, legaltalknetwork.com. Check it out. Great resource if you're considering using some freelance help. I'm Lawrence Cleddy. This has been Legal Talk Today. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 